0: Welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. My name is Bruce Johnson, joined, of course, by my brother, Jacob Johnson. Hello, everybody. And today is discussion topic Friday. I'm very excited to be back, but also extraordinarily thankful um, that Jacob and our mom, Beth Johnson, were both able to step in on Monday and and, um, fill the uh, small-ish gap left by me not being able to make it. Um, so that Small was gap, uh, huh? yeah, that was great. I mean, you guys did a wonderful job, and it was a great episode, great topic. And uh, hopefully everyone enjoyed that. Um, so thank you both so much for, for stepping in there. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, today is discussion topic Friday, and we figured, um, you know, If you haven't been following our social media pages this whole week, you are missing out on a ton of stuff. So follow us on Gab. That's Gab.com slash TRD show. Follow us on Getter. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. We are on a ton of different places and we post a lot of things there. So if you're not following us on those places, you really should consider doing that. Um, And that's especially important this week because if you were following us there, you'll notice this whole week pretty much every day. I think I missed a day or two somewhere in there. But um, we've been posting two quotes from our book that we've been reading or were reading two months ago on the show, uh, Angels in the Architecture by Douglas Wilson and Douglas Jones. We've been posting some of our highlighted quotes on there. And I think we're by the time you're listening to this, there are 10 quotes up there on our social media pages. So we figured, hey, It's been a month, a little over a month now, month and a week, month and two weeks maybe, since we last covered a literature uh, piece of literature on the show. So, hey, why don't we jog some people's memories and then also um, uh, do what we unfortunately haven't been able to do and actually fill some literature time and discuss some literature stuff. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to take those 10 quotes, break them down, discuss them. Hopefully it'll jog our memories. It'll jog your memories and it'll open up our discussion. And I think this will be our wrap up for this book, unless Jake has anything he'd like to, uh, unless he wants to say Not necessarily.
1: no. I, I was, I was going to ask if you were going to bring that up. Uh, and I don't, I don't think we necessarily talked about this, but, um, I think one nothing of like bringing start... it up right
0: on, on the air. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> well, I know you were, you were briefly saying it. So, yeah. uh, I thought kind of figured the idea was to try and start the next book on in June, since we're already getting yeah. into like halfway through May, it would yep. be hard to kind of start a book half midway through. Yes. So I think the plan is to start a book on June and we have a good idea as to what that is. Uh, we know what that is, but I don't think we've told our audience what that is. Nope. So maybe maybe as we get closer, we'll post something yeah. saying what that is.
0: Yep, So indeed. And I have a job now. Yay! Which I start in June, which will be really exciting. So that's pretty awesome. Um, totally random, but that also contributes to the like Being able less to chaotic schedule. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Finally some structure. And I'm not uh, running around like a chicken with his head cut off trying to find work. So this will be... Really nice. (laughs) A month and two weeks of ridiculously hard work trying to find a job finally paid off. So that was good. All right. So all that. Uh, We're going to be getting into all of those quotes. And there's so much there. I mean, talking about medieval Christianity, it's it's such a deep and rich subject there's so much involved so much we're going to talk about and so many things that just putting these quotes together it jogged my memory on so many of these things and jake this will be kind of fresh for you i don't think you've been like watching our social media pages (laughs) uh so this will kind of be um this will be fresh for you as well so it'll be good to get your thoughts like seeing it for the first time in like three or four months so that'll be cool too uh, but before we get into all that, we have to do what we always do, which is talk about our verse of the week. Jake broke this down on Monday. I'll be breaking it down today. Our verse this week, passage really, is Psalm 22, verses 27 through 28. And this passage says, All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. And again, that's Psalm chapter 22, verses 27 through 28. So, jake talked about this a lot pretty extensively on monday so if you missed that episode go back and check that out because it's a really good one Semi, semi-extensive uh, yeah semi-extensive he pulled in a lot of different passages and a lot of stuff there so that's really worth going back and, and checking out if you missed that um but you know there's there's so much in there, there's so many verses that talk about the kingship of the lord christ's kingship um and The, the, how expansive that is, like the reaches, the far reaches of that kingship on earth. And I think it's just fascinating to take a step back and just recognize that, um, what we see here is, you know, kingship belongs to the Lord. He rules over the nations. There's not a modifier there. We're not seeing some, we're not seeing a few, we're not seeing a number. We're seeing the nations all-inclusive. There is no, he rules over most of the nations. He rules over a few of the nations. And you have to remember, this was during the time of Israel, right? This was during the time when people thought that the only people that were chosen were God's chosen people. Well, we see elsewhere, like for instance, Job was not a Jew. Job was not in Israel. He was in another country. Um, We see all throughout the Old Testament, other people who were still in the covenant. There were the exceptions, but they were still there. But even in that time, we see this passage, he rules over the nations, all the nations, right? And I mean, not only has that not changed today, it's expanded exponentially because now the Gentiles are in the covenant as well. So what, what we see now is this kingship is everywhere. It's over everything. It's all encompassing, all expansive. And, and then we have to ask, what does that mean? You know, all the ends of the air shall remember and turn to the Lord. What does that mean? How does that work? What does that look like? Is it unfortunate? Is it like the uh, Crusades where we need to conquer the Holy Lands, uh, the, the Catholic Protestant wars that occurred years and years and years ago? No, it's not that. Our weapons of war are not the swords and arrows, <laughs> right? Our warfare is not against flesh and blood, but against powers and authorities and principalities, right? It's a very different kind of kingship, but it's so much more powerful. And we talked about this tons of times on the show. It's so much more powerful than the the, the wars and the kingships of the earth, because this will last thousands of years no, it'll last eternity. It'll last forever. Um, the kingship of, of God is unending. And it's, it's a glorious kingship. It's a kingship that's full of justice, full of mercy, full of love, full of order. It's full of art. It's full of beauty. It's full of music. It's full of feasting and celebration. And so today we're really going to be delving into all of those different things. Because we are not the first people to examine this kingship. We are not the first people to think about what it means for God to reign. We're not even the second or the third group of people to do this. We are much farther down the line. And so we should be going back in history and studying those who came before us who did do it successfully. They didn't do everything successfully. But what they did do well, we should also learn to do well. And so that's the purpose of today's episode and the purpose of the book that Douglas Wilson wrote with Douglas Jones uh, that we went through a few months ago called um, not medieval Christianity <laughs> Angels in the Architecture <laughs> Anything Thinking Jake you want to add to that verse though? Go ahead Sorry um,
1: No, not necessarily No, <laughs> okay. uh, I did I did add some stuff on Monday uh, probably not as ex- extensive as Bruce did here uh but uh yes uh cool i do yeah. yeah i do like I do like this verse that it is very much speaking about the nations and the lands, and that all are under christ's dominion,
0: so yeah nice nice yeah it's it is a very clear passage so um let's get into let's get into quote number one out of ten, here we go, first quote um says medieval protestantism is not a call to a movement it is a call for meditation and living out the good life one family at a time we so often talk of worldview thinking and applying the bible to every area of life but that is all too often just a skeleton of a theory the medievals actually lived it imperfectly yes but still much better than anything in modernity so jake i'll open up the floor what are your first thoughts what anything you like remember or jogs your memory on some of the things we were discussing this was like back in was it february or march we were talking about this this particular chapter i would say march Uh, yeah of anything but uh yes that that's
1: very interesting uh because thinking about how and, and i immediately go to being influenced by the culture around you and how today we're very much influenced by the culture around us. But during that time, what was the culture like? The culture was um, hmm. a Christian culture. So even, uh, even the unbelievers acted like Christians because that's the way the culture was. Everybody is yep. affected by the culture. Um, that's why there are so many passages in the Bible to say, uh, confront that feeling of joining the culture just because it's the culture. Beware of the people you you
0: have around you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Psalm chapter one uh, is all about the kind of company you keep, the people you're around, because you'll adopt mm -hmm. how they act and you need to be careful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But with that, uh the whole I, I think you're gonna get into this, but um with that the the nature of this book being architecture, being beauty and how beautiful that was, and that we don't we don't focus on that today. That we have yeah. box houses, yep. and they're just sticking together. They have a utilitarian purpose mm-hmm. instead of a a beautiful, uh, sink. Uh, yes, sorry.
0: Yeah, structure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, and we'll be we'll be touching that a lot today as well. So. Yeah, that was quote number one. Quote number two, we live in a time when the church has tired of her assigned task of pointing up at the kingdom of heaven. For the last century or so, the church has failed to instruct believers on their duty of glorifying God through beauty, end quote. And that's exactly what Jacob was, was getting at, right? But what I think is really cool about this particular quote is the culture has failed in glorifying God through beauty. Why? Why did the culture fail? We, you know, when we read through Mother Kirk, we read that passage. Um, what was the passage that he was referring to? I forget now, but his commentary on that passage was, uh, as goes the church, so goes the culture, right? We use that that phrase all the time. And so, yeah, yeah as goes the pulpit, as goes the church, so goes the, pul- yeah. Goes yeah. the culture. Um, so, yeah, and so as the church failed, to instruct believers in their duty of glorifying God through beauty, culture lost that as well. The church stopped talking about how true there is true beauty, there is objective beauty and there is objective uh, ugliness, <laughs> right? That's the whole idea behind modern art is that oh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, it's whatever, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, oh, whatevs. Where it's like no 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 there are there's object there are objectively beautiful things and there are objectively ugly things and we've lost that idea as a culture not just in art but in music in architecture in so many things right so but why did we lose that um, getting back to to the heart of the matter and that's what I think this quote this whole chapter was talking about was the church lost that the church didn't preach on that they truncated the Bible they read a few selective passages or the worst is when they do expository preaching and ignore most of the passage and take it all back to their own truncated view of what they want that passage to mean when it doesn't actually mean that. (laughs) we've, We've isolated ourselves to the limited truncated gospel salvation message as opposed to the gospel meaning Christ died on the cross for the punishment of your sins so that you can live a transformed life so that you can live in him and transform society in him through him right so transform societies have art have beauty have beautiful architecture have all of these things but because the church has lost that vision we have lost that vision as a culture all right so this next quote um oh you know i, I just informally jake I've, i'm kind of like just back and forth between me and commenting. No, you, I got um, that. Commenting. Okay, great. I'll cool. Up on that. Sweet. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I didn't even think about it. I was just like subconsciously like, mm-hmm. that'll just work. Okay. Um, so this next quote says When the devil offered our Lord the kingdoms of this world and the glory of them, the Lord refused him. But this was done not because he didn't want these kingdoms, but because he did not want them as a gift from the devil. His intention mm-hmm. was to bind the strong man and take the beautiful plunder, end quote. So any thoughts on that, Jake?
1: Um, What was it? Uh, this reminds me of uh, Nefarious. Because uh, mm. the demon in me- Nefarious, for those that don't know, Nefarious is the movie put out by Steve Dace. Amazing movie. You should check it out. But uh, the demon kind of said that his master offered, uh, the eternal world and eternal life to, to, uh, and he ca- always called him the carpenter cause he didn't like the word God cause and God Jesus. was, um, yeah. right. Right. So, yeah uh, he said that his master, right. The demons master is the devil, uh, offered the carpenter, uh, uh, eternal life and the kingdom but he wouldn't take it. And so it's just funny to me. And that's what that reminds Hmm. me of. But thinking of this in the sense of, and it's not even, so I feel like a lot of people say to this passage is that Christ already had it, but isn't it, isn't it that, um, right. What Doug Wilson is saying here, he will bound the strong man and take it.
0: Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's Daniel chapter seven, right? It's it's Christ after his ascension. What's, what's really cool is that these prophecies, reading through the prophecies and then reading the story of Christ, it, we get a behind the scenes peek in a way, right? Daniel chapter seven shows us to him was given all authority and dominion and power and a kingdom that shall never pass away. All of these things. It talks about Uh, One, like coming like the son of man, he came into the throne room of God after his ascension, after his death, resurrection, and then his ascension, he came into the throne room of God and God gave to him this kingdom, gave to him all Mm. of these things. Um, So that was given to him. And we see that in the prophecy in Daniel 7. And then we also see in Psalms chapter 2, pre Christ coming, ask of me and I will give you. All of these things. I will give you the nations as your inheritance, right? So take from that what you will. But there was very clearly an ascension and a giving of the kingdom after the strong man was bound, after Christ's work was given to him a kingdom. So, yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. It's a really, really interesting thing to ponder as well. So, Next quote: Since the kingdom kingdoms of men were first shaken to the ground and replaced with a kingdom that cannot be shaken, ah, there's that Hebrews uh, Hebrew is Hebrews (laughs) eleven Hebrews language in there. We've seen wonderful things. So since the kingdom of men were first shaken to the ground and replaced with a kingdom that cannot be shaken, we have seen wonderful things. The advances in theology, architecture, painting, confessions, philosophy, literature, and music have been considerable. His kingdom continues to grow. We may expect to see what I, I'm sorry, as his kingdom continues to grow, we may expect to see what I has not yet seen. So this is cool. And we talk about this all the time. I mean, we're post-mill. Obviously, if you're a new time listener, you might be shocked. Hopefully not, though, based on what we've been saying for the last, <laughs> I don't know, two years. <laughs> We're pretty strongly post-millennial. Um, but we get asked all the time from people, what do you mean things are getting better? They're very obviously getting worse. And yeah, if you look at the last 200 years, sure, things are getting worse. But we don't have that scope of vision as Christians. Mm-hmm. We have the 500 or millennium, like thousand years in, in our rear view mirror to look at. So let's look at it. Let's examine music. Let's examine art. Let's examine food. Let's examine technology. In every area, things have improved. Does that mean that there's a direct, uh, 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 a upward. direct upward trend constantly? No. There's an up and then a slight down and then an up and a big down and then a back up. But It is trending upwards over time in all of these areas. Things are improving. We're seeing advancements, developments, incredible things. Two steps forward, one step back. Yes, exactly. That's a really good way of putting it. Yeah, two steps forward, one step back. But we're still moving forward. Mm. (laughs) Just may not be at the rate that you would like it to be, but um, your thoughts are not God's thoughts. Our thoughts are not God's thoughts. His timing is his timing. And... We live in an age where the impossible, seemingly, it is possible. I mean, to be, mm-hmm. to drive across the entire country of the United States of America in three days or maybe three and a half days, right? I can drive from my house here in South Dakota to Jake's house in Pennsylvania in two days or one day if I really, really wanted to push it. I mean, that's kind of insane. You
1: counted the hours. I've done it. We've done it. Yeah. <laughs> my family's done it. Yeah,
0: driven to yeah. South Dakota in one well, day. Well, that's cuz you had four drivers, so not fair. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I had one driver. <laughs> and I think I did it in 2 days and I got there at like midnight. It was it was late, but but we can do that. I mean, we can we can do exactly what we're doing now, which is communicate in two different time zones across the internet <laughs> and have a conversation when you were like 2,000 miles away. It's it's mm-hmm. incredible. So Yes, we can very easily look at the pessimistic side of life and get down and depressed. But I don't think that that's what we're supposed to do. All right. Next quote. Um, That is the modern Christian predicament. We agree with our contemporaries that we're all at peace working toward the same pleasant neighborhood goals. When, in fact, we stand stupidly in the middle of a total war, assuming we're at a banquet, end quote. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. I like I like that one.
1: Saying that that we don't we don't think of it that often, but as Christ said, you cannot serve two masters. You either you're either with him or you're against him. Uh meaning if we're with Christ, the others who are not with Christ are against him. And who are they against? They're against God, right? And what are we? We're God's foot soldiers. We're we're God's enforcement bringing his law to all nations. So what are they to us? They are, in a sense, opposition. Yeah. Uh, and God tells us directly to don't necessarily treat them exactly like that, but we have to keep
0: that in mind as well. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, the, I mean, it says love your enemies, but love your what? What are they? Enemies, right.
1: <laughs> These right. are enemies, yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's really good. Yep. So, final, uh, not final quote. I think we're three or four quotes from the end. So, next quote says, The truth of the gospel leads inexorably to laughter. Those who want to glower as they cling to truth want something that can never be. Whatever it is they have in their hands, it must not be the truth, unless it is perhaps just a fragment of it, end quote. Right. Oh, you're getting I really good like ones. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jake. <laughs> I didn't plan it this way, I promise. <laughs> um, but yeah, this this is, and you, you feel free to comment on this as well as, if you'd like. Um, but I, I, I love, you know, the, the premise of this is joy, is excitement, is laughter, is, um, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about uh, church matters, uh, church culture matters. And the matters of church culture, part of that is singing and the psalms and the music that we use. And it should be joyful. It should be exciting. It should share this same joy that we have. Always be ready to give an answer for the hope, the joy, the excitement that lies within you. Right? We that's that's the gospel. That's what that is. We as Christians should be focused on that. That's a huge part of our life, is we've been freed from a ridiculous burden to live for Christ and the joy that comes with that is insurmountable it's absolutely incredible so anything you like to I add was, just really quickly before we move on
1: i was just uh searching through the old testament and i found several like i was looking for something else but I, on the way i found so many verses talking about the laws of this feast the laws of that beast the the um, laws of this celebration, the the way to conduct this celebration, the way to do this, mm. the way to do that, and yeah. you know, and just all of these celebrations, all of these feasts, uh, and stuff. And someone could point out, oh, but they're making laws about those. That's not fun.
0: <laughs> no, order <laughs> oh, is horrible. more fun than chaos is. Yes, yes. Ask anyone who has to teach children. Uh, mm. Order is much more fun than chaos. Kids literally do thrive in an ordered with an ordered structure. Chaos leads to unfortunately depression. It leads to I don't know what to do with my time, right? Unstructured playtime should be fairly short because after a while it becomes a drag. And the older they get, what happens is they end up creating their own structure so that they can have fun. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. That's a really good call out. Really good call out. All right. Uh, next quote. For some reason foreign to our modern ears, God tells us that celebration is central to pleasing Him. It is central to leading a good life. Modern American life has no time for serious celebrations, as did life in centuries past. We have forgotten that celebration isn't just an option; it's a call to full Christian living. End quote. Mm. Well wow, that's a huge that deal. Is, yeah, right into what Jake just was just talking exactly about. Exactly what, what I just said. <laughs> exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, Jacob was talking about all of those different Old Testament laws, that celebration, the feast of booths, the the all of these different feasts and celebrations that God commanded his people to have, we should still have feasting. We, we've we lost that art, unfortunately. And that's why a huge part of this book was talking about medieval Christianity and the importance of feasting, the importance of laughter, the importance of celebration. You know, we think that we're being pietistic and, oh, so very righteous and self-righteous when, when all we do is, you know, conserve our money and live a very drab, boring lifestyle. And it's like, oh, yeah, you've got a ton of my money, you old miser. Like, oh, good for you. But that's not what God commanded you to do now, is it? We're to be good stewards. But part of being good stewards also means celebrating. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's, that's part of it. So we talked a lot about that. All right, got four minutes left, so I'm going to just kind of move on to the next one. Oh, Jake, you get, I wanted this one, but you can take it. As a chef, you can take it. Oh. The next quote says, good feasting involves drinking too. And central to any biblical feast is wine, end quote. I think that's yours, isn't it? It's the last one was. Nope. Last one was mine. This one's yours.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, uh, you know, I mean, I did talk about this. We had a a verse uh, a while ago in Proverbs talking about not given much. Uh, um, do not be given too much. Too much money. wine. That's what it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, yep. uh and I think, I think also much wine, that's a, I think that's, that's another one though. Yep. Uh, but, um, and you know, as like Bruce was just saying, misers and, and pietism, <laughs> uh, tells you too much wine is bad. And, and really in a sense, the, the spirit of the, this age does as well. Um, you see all the time in movies, who are the, what, how do they most depict, um, people who drink uh who drink right they either say oh i was a drunk person even though they haven't drunk in 5 years or <laughs> you know or the drunk person is always the lazy person on their couch and the mean right. grouchy person you know they always yeah. depict and one drink who... instantly makes you drunk <laughs> exactly exactly uh, or at least they depict that even though yeah right but yeah. yes so <laughs> you know but that isn't true, right? right. Uh, God says in another passage, "Drink to forget about your problems." Mm. Uh, that drinking is good. You you should be gift. drinking. Also, another yep. another one saying that, um, uh, what was it? Drinking will will help you. Uh, yeah, like help your physically, even so. Yeah, yeah,
0: Yep. So, yep, yep. It is it is a gift from God, and we should see it that way. Nice. All right. Next quote says we are far more comfortable removing our hat and lowering our eyes for the state than for the church, even though the full majesty and fire of the triune God has determined to bring blessing and cursing through the institution of the church. We treat the church with the same deference. We give a community bulletin board, a little info, a little humor, a little opportunity, end quote. I mean, good grief. Need I say more? (laughs) that that kind of just says it all right there you know we are so much more comfortable removing our hat lowering our eyes for the state than for the church the amount of reverence we give to the institution of the church that like it says here the triune god has determined to bring blessing and cursing through through the institution of the church we treat it as if it's eh, whatevs maybe i'll go to church maybe i won't we'll see what happens and we talked a ton about that we have a whole episode just about our lack of love for the church. All right, moving on, because we have one minute left, or half a minute left, and this is our final quote. That really worked out well. Good grief. last quote is, the church should be so central in our thinking that without her, life would collapse. She should play prominently in our understanding of the past, the present, and the future. She, not the state, or the family, or the individual, should be first on our lips when we discuss evangelism and social change and the good Life. End quote. Mm. Any quick comments on that, Jake, before we wrap up? Mother Kirk. Uh
1: <laughs> yeah. Literally just the word mother kirk or sorry, the the mm. phrase mother kirk yep. is mother church. Uh yep. and the church is supposed to be seen as the mother, seen as you know, someone that we give reverence to and that we yeah. listen to, right? And so there's there's a sense of that needs to be through our our mindset the same way that you would treat your mother the same way that you should treat the church we should be treating our mother the right way as well uh so make sure we have that in order as well (laughs) but um yeah Yeah. but listening and giving reverence to and I, i love what he said is that it should be the first on our lips when talking about evangelism uh social change it to like actually reforming the culture the first thing that should be discussed is the church and that's true yep. as Bruce and i have brought up several times that's exactly where we go uh as goes the pulpit so goes
0: so goes mm. the culture so. yep amen Awesome. Thank you, Jake, for all your commentary today and uh, putting you on the spot a little bit there. But uh, yeah, this was good. I mean, it's great when we've both read the same things. We both went through the same chapters and have the same amount of information. And either of us could take any of these posts and chat about them and pull out all the stuff we read. So that's super cool. Awesome. So hopefully this was a uh an enlightening conversation you all enjoyed it and uh more importantly it makes you want to go out and buy the book because that's all point i'm kidding yes. <laughs> that would be great too we're actually not being sponsored it's a, it's by the book point but, i mean yeah. it is a big point we hope yeah you can it is because it's a great book we want you to have massively full libraries and, and then we want massively full libraries too so <laughs> give us money no <laughs> yeah right, yeah, right. <laughs> i wish yeah <laughs> thank you all so so much for watching or listening today we really appreciate it our show website is trdshow.net go to trdshow.net slash episodes to find all of our episodes for free on that platform you can search for literally every episode we've done over the last two years it's that's kind of cool that they are all in one place you can watch them all there for free Send us an email, trdshow at protonmail.com. We are very much looking forward to hearing from you. And we will see you on Monday. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord.